1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously.
2: Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded (laughs) about sports.
3: (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. A young, talented football player that works extremely hard. Um, shows the passion for the game. Uh, comes to work every day to improve and get better. Has so much more upside to grow into. And just looking forward to getting him locked in and, and what he's going to continue to bring uh, not only to this defense, to this football team, but also the type of character and uh, that he brings to the Minnesota Vikings. Boy,
4: Daniil Hunter, Matthew Collar's hanging out with us from the Purple Podcasts. Saturday, Sports Talk, 1500ESPN.com. The lesson learned here, rosters get expensive quick in the NFL, don't they?
1: When you win 13 games and you have the number one defense in the NFL, it costs you some money eventually. Yes.
4: It's not like baseball, right? You get to watch a player for five or six years and pay him like minimum wage for a few of those years. And then... And then maybe you have to pay him at when he's thirty. Yes. In the
0: NFL, and now Daniel Hunter is what twenty four. And the one place that, that this team thought that, that they had that locked into a certain degree was quarterback. When Teddy was your quarterback, cause you, you thought that that you were going to have this great what four year run, five year run, mm-hmm. yeah. of cost certainty there, and that was gone within hours.
4: So where where can you now that you've got fourteen million tied? You got you have twenty eight and a half million dollars, actually twenty nine million dollars tied up in just your defensive ends average annual value and you've got Kirk Cousins, 30 million and, and then digs at some, whatever, where can you hedge? How, like, what are the positions where you're just going to have to say over the next two or three years, you know what? Sorry, left guard guy, or sorry, whatever. Uh, You're just not going to be able to make a bunch of money.
1: Well, there could be a couple of odd men out. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is the most obvious one because he's going to make around seven million bucks and they could move on from him next year for nothing. with no dead cap space. So that just screams rework that contract. Uh, Everson Griffin, too, down the road here, could also be reworking his deal. And that's the thing that the genius capologists always find a way to do is just kick it further down the road. Like You don't have to deal with it now because we'll just rework it, rework it, rework it. And I think Everson has something like a $10 million cap hit next year and he could be let go for nothing. Now, you don't want to let Everson Griffin go, but usually you could go to the guy and be like... Actually, you'll get some more money if we rework this up front, but your cap hit will be lower. Just trust us. And sometimes that can happen. Latavius Murray is almost a certainty to not be here after next year. The guy that is really interesting for this, as the future goes, is Trey Wayans because they paid Xavier Rhodes, and they've paid all these other guys. And if they pay Anthony Barr, it's really hard for for me to see them signing another cornerback. Considering the prices that cornerbacks go for, if you're even just above average, which I think Trey Wayne's proved last year that he is, I mean, you're you're talking about big-time money. And he could make basically what Xavier Rhodes made if he went out and hit the free agent market. So he's going to be on his fifth-year option next year. So You don't have to worry about that just yet. But even then, if you decided to sign Anthony Barr, you might have to look at that and go... We just got to let him go and let Mike Hughes take over there because we can't really afford him or try to work out something different. So eventually, there will have to be some odd men out, but it's amazing how they're able to just continue to manipulate the cap. And it shows you that if players want to stay, they'll stay. That that you'll find a way, no matter who it is, you'll find a way to work within the cap. And I think it says that the what Mike Zimmer has built here is is and what the organization has, too, with that ridiculous TCO Performance Center, is like guys want to stay here and want to sign long-term contract extensions because someone like Daniel Hunter had every reason to just bet on himself. Even if he gets five sacks next year, considering his age and what he's produced already, he would have gotten at least this contract and maybe more.
0: Here's my guess, too. I, I think that this team is very effective at going uh, to its pending free agent group and saying this. We're going to make you a very fair offer. It's not going to break the bank, though you're not going to be top 3. Uh, but if you if you want the certainty and it's life-changing cash here, mm-hmm. you can take it. Now, I'm I know that, that there is an off chance that they could get uh, both Diggs and Bar signed but i'm guessing one and or both but certainly one is going to say i'm i'm going to bet on myself but i like the philosophy of going to guys and saying we're not going to give you a contract that's going to that's going to break the bank f- for us or change the payment structure but it is going to set you up for life do you want it
4: okay i have a question off what judge said and i think i think you and i you and i probably disagree a little and i think Collar's probably more with you jud I don't look at this as an extremely team-friendly contract. I get that the theory is, oh, if he would have hit the open market, then teams would have bid against the Vikings and drove the price up. But anytime you're talking about a guy who's making only slightly less money than JJ Watt at that position, I have a hard time saying, oh, the Vikings got a real great steal of a deal here. Like he's one of the highest-paid defensive ends in the NFL now. He's he's at 14 million, 14 and a half million, right below uh, Calais Campbell. Uh, JJ Watts is 16 and a half million dollars. I mean, it's not like. Oh, they got him for Adam Thielen money versus the rest of the wide receivers, which is a steal. <laughs> this is a guy who's being paid just slightly less money than J.J. Watt.
1: Oh, yeah, and I, but I think if he was on the free agent market, you would have been talking at least $18 million, maybe even more than that, if he had a good year. If he went out and got 10 sacks, he might push $20 million a year because edge rushers are just that important. And last year, even though his sack numbers weren't as high, there were only five defensive ends who had more hurries of the quarterback than Daniil Hunter did. And when you look at quarterback rating across the league, that's how you win. You pass better than the other team. If you look at quarterback rating, every single quarterback in the NFL, his rating went down when he was hurried. And and every team knows this. And if you have a guy who's the fifth best in the league at hurrying the quarterback last year and will probably pick up more sacks next year, assuming he's healthy the whole season... I mean, that is just worth huge, huge dollars. So to get him for that, I look at it as a steal. And every time you sign a new contract, it's usually going to be one of the richest because it's the most recent, Mm -hmm. and the prices are just continually going up. So it can be kind of hard to compare those things. But I think when you ultimately look, and and we'll get the numbers eventually, at what the cap hits are from year to year, two years from now, three years from now, that's going to look like a total steal compared to
0: what the other guys are going to get that follow him. I think the key thing is it's very fair. It's yeah. not it's not break the bank league wide, but it's very fair. And and the Vikings deserve a ton of credit for, for this too, because it'd be very easy for a team to to hedge its bets and lowball players, and they don't do that. That's that's where Brzezinski and Spielman to me are very very good. Because they essentially identify guys that they like, drafted, and want to keep. And they come to them early before all hell breaks loose and, and they say, here's a fair contract. But that gets back to my point. I think Diggs or Bar says, that's very fair, but if I play out my contract, I'll get more. I think at least one of those two bucks this whole thing and at least tries to test the market. So
1: what they find ways to do almost every time is make both sides happy, which I think a lot of teams, when they get a guy who's going to come up, they might offer him something that's going to make the team happy. And that, you know, maybe looks good on paper. Like, remember when Washington came out and said, this is what we offered Kirk Cousins. And then a lot of the cap people were like, "Uh, yeah, that's not really that good. Like, I don't know why you're putting this out there because that's not a great quarterback contract for him considering what he's done. So what the Vikings find a way to do is get the guy a ton of cash in the first couple of years. Think with Daniil Hunter, he's going to get $48 million over the first three years. He'll play here for three years. You don't even have to worry about the guaranteed money. That's locked in, that he's going to be here for the next three years. And if you're him, like, okay, that's great. I get all that money pretty much right up front. And then after that, we can rework a new deal and, and move on. And the team finds a way to do that and have its cap hits be reasonable. And then what they do, it's almost like a game of Jenga or something where they... They, they fill in the contract. So certain guys have cap hits that are higher or lower. When we say 14 million, that's not going to be his cap hit every year. So year to year, how they shuffle around the cash, it'll be, you know, maybe it'll be 16 million one year, but they know they can afford that. But then it'll be 12 million the next year and that will help them out. And it's, it's, it's really a brilliant dance. But with the other guys with Barr and Diggs, I think Diggs has the best case for betting on himself. And I think Barr wants too much money. I think Barr thinks that he should be like a $14 million player, former first round pick, pro bowler. I think that's what he's arguing. And if you're the Vikings, you got to be like, man, I don't know that you're worth more than Eric Hendricks,
4: which, okay. This is the question because you're, you're, you'd have to pay for what you think Anthony Barr could be and what he was maybe three years ago. And that's why I think all of us are sitting here looking at him. Like, I don't know, man, you're not, if, if, if you were what we thought you could be, then maybe this wouldn't be a discussion if, Anthony Barr's position, which is linebacker but sort of edge rusher, kind of a hybrid position. If if you had a peak performer at that position and you had a peak performer at wide receiver, knowing that you also have Thielen and Eric Kendricks on the team, and you've got Deniel Hunter and Everson Griffin, which one, based on those parameters, would you would you choose? Like if you knew that Anthony Barr was going to be awesome and you know that Diggs is awesome, but you could only choose one,
1: I think it's Diggs. Uh, even, I agree. What Anthony Barr? Uh, I think his potential, if he's rushing the passer a little more, is a game breaking type player all the time. But in terms of how you win games, like making, you know, blowing up some run plays is nice and being decent in coverage, which he was much better last year. That's also nice. Uh-huh. Uh, but Stefan Diggs, I read today that he was in the top 10 last year quarterback rating when he's facing man press coverage. He was number 1 in contested catches. I mean, he was top 10 by pro football focus last year and has been in the top 20 the last two years. You're talking about a guy who makes your quarterback better. And if Kirk Cousins is going to be your quarterback, guaranteed locked in for the next three years, you want to do everything you possibly can to push that guy's performance up. And what we saw last year, all the evidence points to Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs. First of all, they play off each other. When Diggs was out for those two games, Thielen was less effective. Huh. They play off of each other. They make it almost impossible for teams to cover both. When teams play cover one defense, you just sit up there in the press box and go, you have no chance because you're going to leave one of those guys one-on-one and they're going to make a play. It's almost like teams didn't figure out you cannot bring that safety up to the line of scrimmage against this team or they're going to burn you. And they're going to keep doing that with these two wide receivers. You take one away, and I don't think that they're quite as effective.
0: The the answer to the question for me, Phil, would be that it would be Bar if he was the star of this defense right now. So if your defense rotated around Bar, I would say Bar. But it doesn't, and you, you've got a head coach who's great. You've got a safety who's great. You've got at least one corner who's great. And the and all world knows Barr. tackle. And and we and keep in mind too. We are still having a conversation about Barr of what if, what can. Not he's there. And he's actually gone backwards. So I would say the answer to your question is if Barr was the focal point of this defense and was playing like we talk about him potentially playing, then I keep him.
4: But he's not. you got to be careful with the... We're going to dish out money for the what if what he can Absolutely. be because then you then you wind up paying a max contract to Andrew Wiggins or you wind up you know doling out case, bad baseball contracts them, yes. potentially. Uh, let's come back, Matthew Collar, hanging out with us, TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there asap.
0: Where you going asap? You better be back asap.
3: On fifteen hundred ESPN, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back.
4: Are we ready?
3: let's get it on on 1500 ESPN you know, I just um, I kind of came in with, with, with the mindset of just playing football you know I had a, a whole bunch of people in front of me older guys that were able to, to show me the way good coaches and good coaching staff you know so the um, only thing I could do was just come in here and just focus and play football I, I really didn't think that far you know I, I really wanted to just play football and let my agent deal with that that part of the the ground so uh, Basically, all our folks was was just playing football.
4: What would you guys What would you guys be like if you were rich? <laughs> if you signed a huge contract and all of a sudden like money didn't matter oh, anymore? Be, to I, you. I don't jerk. want
1: it. I just don't complete want it. jerk. Did
4: you see the, the, the? Maybe you talked about this. The photo that like uh, Kirk Cousins put out a few days ago. Is <laughs> this van? He's yeah. still he's just still driving this like Astro van. Sure, this old school like mid nineteen nineties van.
1: He's got another
4: car. I can confirm that. Okay, what's his other car?
1: Oh, what is? It's something that's really awesome and expensive, <laughs> but the, 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 that isn't the Astro. But it's like van, that's not the only thing he has. I think the Astro van's a gag. I am like, I, I think it's like, uh, oh,
0: Kirk Cousins. I'm a underdog, gritty I, homie guy. Is, I, 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 think I, I am that's so. That. I am so curious to see. How, how that evolves though. Because so, I think deep in, in Kirk's heart, he wants to maintain that. He does. I'm the guy that wasn't respected by the Reds. Even though I I'm spent the guy that was grand drafted. on my
4: perma white teeth.
0: Well, exactly. But I, I'm so curious because there's going to come a point in time, really early in, in his time here, where that's going to be gone. Like, you're not going to be able to play up the I'm disrespected now. Dude, you're making what, 28 million guaranteed per season? <laughs> something like that. You
4: remember Scott Diamond?
0: Scott yeah. Diamond, there Which was all these is, stories
4: yeah. written about how Scott Diamond is the Twins' number one starter from five years ago. And, and, he's, you know, he's, and he's making, he's not making you know, millions, but he's making big league money and he still drives a green Ford Focus <laughs> to work every day. And uh, you know, he's economical. Or he just had some foresight that he fluked out in 2011 <laughs> or 2012. But like, would you guys, would you go lavish? Would you buy five new cars? What kind of rich people would you be?
1: I don't want it. I, just, I don't want that kind of money. I would just try to give it away. I mean, seriously, like, I would, if if what? I just won the Kirk Cousins lottery, I'd be like, okay, make sure you pay all the bills, pay all my family's bills, pay all my friends' bills, make sure we're all good. Oh, friends' bills. And then just like, uh, not co workers. Uh, I try oh. to keep relationships separate. Oh, okay. And uh, so. <laughs> Uh, then, I, then I would just try to give it away and just come back to work all the time. I, I, I don't want that kind of money. Really? Like, I, people I, I feel people like blow I'm, it. Like, look at all these NFL players that just end oh, up blowing I'd, it. I'd go Brownstone make with it. in
0: Manhattan, Brownstone in Boston, little place in Florida.
4: Well, you'd, you'd buy houses oh, in all yeah, these heck places?
0: Yeah, I'd buy real estate. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy houses couple new cars But well, would you buy but
4: there's a difference between buying real estate for like investment purposes oh, no, no, or you just so, buy houses that's yeah, that no, sit Yeah no
0: you <laughs> spending I just want places I could go <laughs> Okay that's all I'd want. I think
4: I'd be a hilarious rich guy. I would do things like fly Michael McDonald in for a Yacht Rock concert for my friends for like forty <laughs> grand. Yeah, like, you wouldn't be a cautionary tale after
0: five years. <laughs>
4: yeah, Here's Phil right. Mackey down and out. Oh, is, is that Kenny Loggins? Yes, it is. <laughs> that's right. Smooth
1: sailing this afternoon. I mean, that 30 <clears> for 30 with the NFL players who all went broke. It's like, that's your cautionary tale. And now Kirk Cousins makes so much money that maybe it's not even possible to spend all that. But I remember hearing that, like, Mark Brunel was broke or something because you invest in stuff, and then people steal your money. And agents, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then everyone just wants to only be your friend because you have money. And I... Before now, before I had this job, I was always, like, dirt poor before I had, like, a real boy job. And so it was always like, oh, well, if you're my friend now, I mean, like we're going to Wendy's for the 18th straight time. Collar's great. Like
4: Collar's like, I don't want to be your friend because you're a millionaire. I want to be your friend because of your catch radius. I just want to really talk to you (laughs) about film breakdowns. Right,
1: because if we connect when we're watching game tape. But I... I I feel like I just wouldn't want that in my life, all the things that go along with being that rich. You'd want to be set for life financially, so you have enough aside where you could just pay for anything and you're all good. But in terms of, like, I can buy 18 helicopters today if I feel like it, money, and no.
4: Too many helicopters. No.
1: Everybody bothering me. (laughs) Just just nine. Just nine, Matthew. You know what? You only need nine. I like animals a lot. I'd probably, like, try to help animals.
0: Okay. Uh, That's very nice of you. I'm not convinced it's true, but it's very nice of you. I I heard a story this
4: last weekend in terms, like speaking of helicopters. So I was in Vegas for a few days this last weekend, and I don't know which casino slash hotel he performs at, but Barry Manilow has a residency in Vegas. Uh And apparently, part of his deal is that he lives in like Los Angeles or wherever, or I don't know where he lives, somewhere in a different state, Mm -hmm. and he helicopters in every single night for his show. (laughs) So they just have oh, sure. some Somebody sort of then. private helicopter ride every single day. And he doesn't stay in Vegas or anything and then he just flies back. Isn't that what Craig Leopold does for wild
0: games? Doesn't he live in Wisconsin? Uh yeah, his house is there, but but he bought he I want to say he bought the suite at the top of the St. Paul hotel as well. Oh, okay. And I think he purchased that. Didn't didn't uh Kobe used to take uh a copter to the to instead of L.A. games to and beat the was, traffic,
4: and that was L.A. to L.A. Right? That was just yeah. Some it was like, from
0: like his estate in in L.A. somewhere to Staples Center.
1: Okay, I'll put that on the list of things I would do because I've been stuck in L.A. traffic, and you just feel like there's no hope. Like we're we're gonna die here. It's we'll like 35W. We'll yeah. It's really pretty similar. We will never get it. Like, take take whatever it's like in your least favorite construction situation and multiply it by 10. Like, you're talking How putting it in park, there, standing outside the car if you want to. Like, n- we are not moving here for a very long time. And
4: it's all times of day. I mean, it's it can yeah. be like midnight totally on a Tuesday.
1: If you want to go to the airport, you have to make sure you leave, like, hours early like three hours early as opposed to now i'm like oh, i'll get an uber and i'll be over there in 14 minutes like in la it's like i'll oh, get an oh, uber it's, it's 14 minutes away but we have to leave three
0: hours just in case i don't get that it's i brutal. just don't get that it's Well, the, so the traffic or the traffic or no 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 the pe- people that live that live there and put up with that traffic that's it, where you get a helicopter it would drive, it would drive that's you absolutely why you get crazy race, you get a helicopter, yeah sure that's right.
4: yeah uh there's a story i think i, I think i saw this right the, so Connor mcgregor just made a bunch of money for the first time. I mean, he's made millions of dollars, but made a hundred million dollars that in the last year he spent a hundred million dollars. You imagine that? Like, Floyd Mayweather's the same way. He just goes broke every two or three years and then fires up the I fight can. train again, and now he's got $300 million in his checking account. Absolutely, See, I can, yes. I'm the
1: one that could have taken a direct flight to visit my brother in Virginia Beach, but I stopped in Philadelphia to save myself like $80. <laughs> and you stopped in Philadelphia <laughs> of all the of all the godforsaken places. He, you, one, you stopped at the place where we were stuck. So how about this? I had a J.R. Smith moment at the airport in Philadelphia. Where I did something so inexplicable that I just stood there and looked at the other person like, I don't know why I just did that. So they changed, they moved my flight back from like 11.59 to 12.35. And for whatever reason, I processed this in my brain as we're boarding at 12.35. So I walked maybe a (laughs) 100 feet or so and went around the corner to the food court. And I'm sitting there eating a chicken sandwich from Smashburger. You know, just like, oh, this is good. I got plenty of time. 1235 boarding. I'm just head on back over there then. And I walk back over at 1235 and I'm watching the flight or the the plane pull out. I'm like, what did I just do? Oh my gosh. So it gets a little weirder because so then there's a guy. (laughs) LeBron's
4: over in the corner, just like shaking his head. There's a
1: guy standing (laughs) there who's like, you were here on time. How could they leave? You should raise hell. And I'm like, who are you? What are you? Why are you saying this? I clearly botched this. This is 100%. Right. So the lady comes back and I was like, I'm really sorry, but I just forgot the, <laughs> the time and I lost track of it and your flight just left without me. Is there anything we can do? I acted so lost that she was like. Okay, I'll help you. Just put on you on know, the next flight. It was fine. I just went like five gates over and got on the next flight to. How the same long did you place. have to wait though? I almost no time. In, really, it, it in was Philadelphia. Like the two flights were leaving to the same place, really close together. And, and I you was extremely out, then. She lucky. She should
4: have
0: said, "Hey, listen, buddy, you're gonna have to stay here for three days. Not too bad." But that's but, the
4: thing: if you play the card that you played in those situations, which is own everything yes. and just be the damsel, like I'm so the sorry, help, yes. I'm an idiot. They're much more much less likely to do what Judd's mm-hmm. describing, which is bleep you. Yeah. Get yeah, out it, throw a cheesesteak sandwich it, at your face.
1: Yeah, it was entirely like I got confused, and <laughs> I've been up since three thirty in the morning. Maybe that played a factor. Maybe I just J.R. Smith this thing. I don't. Maybe the lady would have gotten the reference. I didn't go there, but I was thinking like, should I just say? You are probably very smart, and she would have it. known like exactly what happened. But
4: you know that so so Joe Mauer has played right field once in his career. I remember the game. This, but you know, do you know why that happened? I don't because Luke Hughes at the airport in Rochester did the exact same oh, thing really? that you're talking about. So Luke Hughes was gonna. I think it was like Luke Hughes was gonna come in. They were shorthanded. He was gonna get called up to play second base and then utility guy Nick Punto or Matt Tolbert was gonna play right field. Mm-hmm. And so they were and they had like three guys because this is what the Twins did. Oh, we've got seven guys who are kind of hurt, but we they might come back in two days, mm-hmm. and so we're not gonna deal any any of them. And Luke Hughes was sitting at the wrong gate, just like. <laughs> Headphones in, yes. just going through his phone. It's easily happens, and realizes, yeah, probably with his Australian like tucked in jorts, and he realizes, oh my god, mate, I just missed my flight.
0: <laughs> Joe Mauer Gard- to play right. And, and field. Gardner
4: goes to Morno and Mauer and says, one of you guys has to play right field for me tonight. And Morno looked at Mauer. He's like, I, I, I ain't playing right field. Joe was, <laughs> Joe was ticked off
0: about that one, right? Yes. Didn't Joe actually get mad time about he's
4: it? He's played right field in his career because of Luke Hughes, Man, the Rochester. It can, it can so easily. How did you not happen. look
0: at 1235 for boarding versus departure? Oh, i don't second know. guess guy coming I, in here. No, oh, one's, no, ever, I've done no some, one's ever
4: made a mistake before.
0: Oh, no, I've done it. I've done some dumb things. Not that one, dumb. Judge starts the show with, "How could that? How could
4: those guys not catch that towering pop up in oh, a high come on, pressure the situation?" Series, that ball Which has to be leads hot. us to another Judge Zolgaat athlete, athlete. No, challenge. I'm not paid to catch pop ups. Towering pop-ups. fungal pop ups.
0: But I'm serious. Between three guys and the right fielder are coming in, how do you not catch that? Can ball? you catch pop ups? I have no clue. Once oh, again, I haven't done this. In, I haven't what? done this in years. We are I am out. not qualified to catch pop ups. I'm qualified mix. to have hot takes about <laughs> pop ups. It's going to
4: be a nice day Saturday. Dave, what's coming up in questions?
2: Oh, we're going to find out which, uh, which coach you think does not love puppies. All right. Like any coach? There's a specific story to go behind okay. it. Uh,
4: find Collar's football stuff on the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com, by the way. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. <laughs> on 1500
3: ESPN.
4: Phil Mackey, Judd
3: Zulgad. Guys that can make a difference. Guys that can give you that spark. Guys that give you something just a little bit different. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do
0: you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. (laughs)
4: All right, Dave Harrigan is here with some questions of significant importance. Let's start with some hoops
2: talk, shall we? A lot of that early in the show, first hour with Chip Scoggins, talking about LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George and building super teams. Could they all be going to L.A.? Here's a question about super teams. Let's say we get a few of them. We already have a couple now. Let's say we get some more. Whatever it is, super teams in the NBA in my opinion, renders the regular season pretty much meaningless at that point. Really, we're talking about postseason play and the offseason as the most exciting times in the NBA. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. Sure. Do you think Adam Silver cares about that? That his 82-game regular season is
0: mostly worthless to fans who care about championships? I personally don't. No, I mean he's got he's got a formula that people like will watch is is uh, popular around the globe. He's got a playoff system that frustrates people to a certain degree. Yet yet when the finals come, I think they're intrigued by it and they watch it. Uh, he's got an off season that is full of just outstanding amount of speculation and leaks, and then the payoff is star players switching teams potentially. Uh, so no, I would say I would say if you if you went to him and said, Okay, I can undo this right now and I can change it and we can make uh we can make eight teams really competitive and you don't know uh, but it's going to change the format or h- how the game is now, I would say he would not do it. So I don't think I honestly think the league internally, although they're probably not gonna come out and say this exactly, I think internally they're happy.
4: I think the commissioner that's most upset about the NBA owning April through July is actually Rob Manfred, not Adam Silver. The NBA stays afloat and is mildly interesting with some little peak moments of interest. The Christmas, the beginning of the season, the Christmas games, uh, the trade deadline, and then drama down the stretch. I mean, it's not like there's nothing to root for. There's always superstars and primetime games in the regular season. But the regular season is just a long appetizer. It's like going to a nice restaurant And they slow cook you, you get like a drink order or two and an appetizer, and it takes an hour to get the food, but when the food comes, it's like, oh, you've built up this anticipation. Mm -hmm. And they own this non-NFL territory. The NFL has some off-season stuff, but once you get to April through July, and the NFL draft goes away at the end of April, the NBA stomps all over Major League Baseball with their playoff season and with their off-season late June into mid to late July. NBA Summer League has become a thing now. NBA Summer League, five or 10 years ago, was just a half empty gym in Orlando and, yeah, Vegas. Now, again, like I just, I drove by, I think it's at uh, the T Mobile Arena. I'm pretty sure that's where they're doing. And I drove by that a couple days ago in Vegas, and it's signage all over the strip for NBA Summer League. So now they're owning this. This basically exhibition series with guys who just got drafted because, like, Lonzo Ball was there but, last but year. But tonight,
0: watch the Lakers and Celtics. <laughs> it's July nineteenth. But the Lakers right, and Celtics, exactly, and they they are doing a great job of and that. It's, yeah, and it's it. And it's entertaining
4: because of storylines and superstars. So, would um, would Adam Silver like the regular season to be more intriguing? I'm sure, but I think he would take this where you've got all these amazing storylines and stars going head to head in the postseason, guaranteed. You're not going to have LeBron James miss the playoffs like Gary Bettman has Connor McDavid missing the playoffs or Patrick Kane missing the playoffs. That doesn't happen in the NBA. How
2: is Lynx Aces in Vegas by the way?
4: The Lynx did some serious damage They're, to the Aces. Mandalay Bay. great. Mandalay Bay, is which fun? is a great little venue. I think Mandalay Bay has like two or three venues where they have fights and they have basketball games. I'm sure. The attendance Let's just there's say a lot could, to do in Vegas. You can hear conversations in the crowd. A it's lot not to like do. a Lynx game where you go and there's just several thousand people. There were like maybe a thousand people inside the arena for that mm. game. Right. But the
2: not Lynx did quite some work. the Golden Knights, I guess.
4: Said, Aces haven't taken the town by
2: storm yet. No,
4: they haven't. No. Uh, Lindsay, our gal Lindsay, walked off the court yelling, This is our house about 10 different times. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> Smack talking Vegas. Ah, there were more go, Lynx Haylin. fans in the building than Aces fans. Oh, I like And them. I don't even know who it was close. It was good. Two days ago,
2: John Calipari, basketball coach, University of Kentucky, we are all familiar, tweeted out a couple photos. One was of a guy outside on the Plaza NBC Today show holding up a sign that read, John Calipari hates puppies. Go Cards, as in Louisville Cardinals. And then another was a photo That's awfully hypocritical, but okay. Coach Cal's two, uh, two little dogs sitting in his office and... How Cal wrote, "Nothing a Louisville, Louisville fan has ever said to me has even bothered me, but this one got to me a little bit." Oh wow! McGruff and Palmer, the dogs, were so <laughs> mad that they came to my office to talk to me about it. <laughs> well, today more tweeting because he got a visit from the Lexington Humane Society. In Kentucky, all a bunch of volunteers in blue shirts bringing all sorts of puppies to Cal's office, and he sends out thank yous. And seriously, if you know my family, you know we love animals. I'm proud to be a supporter of Lexington Humane and the work they do. Five thousand adoptions every year. Half an hour later, ten thirty this morning, tweets again. Just sitting here thinking about having thirty dogs run through my office. Ah, please, no one say I hate elephants. And there'd have to be elephants. Yeah, yeah, that elephant poop Okay, so coach Cal, coach Cal loves puppies. Coach Cal loves puppies. He does not hate puppies, as that vicious Louisville fan said. Give me a coach not named Thibodeau oh. that you would bet does
4: hate puppies. What would the Tibbs equivalent be here? Where you accuse him of hating steaks, and then he sends out a video of him? <laughs> no wings. This is, wings. This is Oscar. I got t-bone, a porterhouse, t-bone and strip. And Oscar over here. Give me the sirloin. <laughs>
2: Switch to ribeye.
4: <laughs> um, wow. Coach that for sure hates puppies. You know what? Mike Leach feels like he might hate puppies. I completely disagree on that. Really? This. Yeah. I think he seems like a lovable fellow. No, he or, has he's come out, he's done some stuff on dogs before, hasn't he? I think there's been some things where he's talked about dogs. Perhaps we talked about that. Bigfoot. We've no, Bigfoot. aliens. Uh, that's Big, pretty that's close. Yeah, Bigfoot's the one I'm thinking of. He's got um, that story where, because he
2: walks to the facility every day, it's like a two or three mile walk from his house, and he's got a story where he no, saw there was a raccoon or something at like a neighbor's house, and he followed the tracks it. all around to find out where this raccoon lived, because he couldn't re- figure out why there was a raccoon where it was, so I think he cares about animals. I got
4: two for you. John Tortorella for sure hates puppies. <laughs> yeah. He hates everybody. And he, Lou, Lou Pinella hates puppies. Yeah, I could see. You think that. Sweet Lou hates puppies? A hundred
0: percent. I think he hates I, people.
4: I know that John Tortorella hates puppies. It's very obvious.
0: Ah, uh, hates puppies. Let's see. This would have to be someone who is burdened by a puppy because they only want to focus on their sport. This would have to be somebody who is uh, crusty enough to actually hate puppies. I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick has no time for anything, including puppies. I think Belichick would hate puppies. I, think, I I think there's Twitter photos out there of him and the gal with with a puppy. Yeah, because she Because she, right? she brought the dog. Oh,
2: you think he secretly hates the dog? Oh yeah,
0: yes, yeah. I think he loves the gals, but I think he hates the dog. He begrudgingly feeds the dog. Yes,
4: yes. Wow. Here is a photo. Of but he Bill tries Belichick to look like he likes the dog with a puppy. On yeah, look, is how right look how miserable! Look how miserable he's smiling in
0: this photo. Look how miserable he is. <laughs> yeah. You can see deep down in his soul, that's he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'd like to switch this dog. I hate this dog. Here's another. Oh, wait, this dog is like Calando. a bad left tackle. I hate it.
4: <laughs> Here's another one. Uh this is. Well, this is this is looks like. And she said, "Bill, you hold the dog." All right. This is Bill Belichick petting a dog. It's an adult dog. But it's him definitely smiling and petting dogs. And look who's right
0: by him. The gal? The attractive gal. Oh, yeah, it's all an act. Yeah, he hates dogs.
2: Hang on, I'm just sending out a tweet here for the last question. There we go. Uh, You guys might want to check out the 1500 ESPN Twitter account. I just threw out a couple photos. One's from a year or two ago. Uh Judd, Target Field, hanging out with our good friend TC Bear. On TC's lap, awkwardly putting his right hand somewhere near his own crotch.
0: (laughs) Those were the days. And then there's a
2: photo from Judd's (laughs) nice vacation in Boston. Yeah. Your head popping out of the green monster. Yeah, I love it. Right by the ball strike out count. You just have a little, little smile on your oh, face in wow. each one. Two photos where we actually got a Judd Zolgad smile. I love that. How many song. beers How deep that? combined
4: in these two photos?
0: <laughs> uh photo one number one with T C Bear was probably four deep. Uh photo two on the right hand side of Fenway Park, zero. Okay, oh, so was a morning morning a session. Morning session. No okay. drinks. Okay.
2: My question to you if you had asked Judd at the time, so no drinks at Fenway. A lot of drinks before sitting on TC. If you had asked Judd at that very moment in time, which is the better moment of his life? <laughs> Judd hanging out with TC in the awkward hand position or popping oh, his head through that. the
4: green monster? All right. Um, the awkward hand position photo is great because I'm with Judd on this one. I don't know, at that angle, the way you're sitting on TC Bear, what I not am don't I supposed know. to put my hand? There aren't, like you can't reach out and grab the bat because that looks weird. Oh, yeah. That
0: would look more You can't odd. go hand
4: on hip. Yep. Because then it looks too posed. And if
0: it's dangling, you go, it's hand- going to look odd. <laughs>
4: dangling would be even weirder. Yeah,
2: exactly. I think you just need to slide it a little closer down to your knee. I'm,
0: I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> full full disclosure, and I brought this up on our trip. I have, and I'm not joking, limp wrists. And so I have <laughs> to keep in mind to hold my wrist. Like, I, I naturally hold my hands sort of limp. And so it looks odd in pictures, like I've got a. Some guys are good at like holding their hands in a normal way. I have to actually be self-aware of of my hands, or I allow it to, them to just. Is that from
4: typing for like fifteen I have no years idea. straight?
0: I don't know. I don't know, but I'm dead serious. And so I I see what your objection is in a TC Bear photo, but I don't know where I really am supposed to put the hand exactly.
4: It's a tough. It's a tough place to to, to know where you're supposed to put the hand. I would say to Dave's question. If, if one of the two is like Judd in, in his mind saying, happiest moment of my life, it has to be peeking out of the green monster at Fenway. Oh, absolutely. Even though it was in the morning and it was just getting the day started. Don't care. Stomach's probably rumbling a little bit. You're thinking about if you can go to the bathroom back there. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I still I would think. No, go to the bathroom
0: back there. That would <laughs> be sure, a big. I'm sure it's that happened would not before. be good.
4: Which one actually, which, which one were you
0: having the best oh, time? Oh, Fenway. At? Fenway. Oh, are you kidding? That ballpark, I, I expected a lot. It exceeded my expectations. That's is that ballpark was fantastic. You I, went to two
2: games, correct? Went and to then two games the next day. Loved every minute. I saw the photos of you at loved the games it. that yep. uh, the lovely Mrs. Zolgad was posting on social media, and yeah. then I saw these because yep. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to do the behind the monster, you know, guided tour thing. It does get a little tight back there. I've been I was so happy for you when I saw those. And well, I mean you. that completely seriously. You have smiles on your face that you don't do in photos. You have <laughs> awkward grins. Yep. You were I mean holding up the Minnesota sign. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, the look on your face. You're like a kid on Christmas, you know, great. ten years old. You just got the best gift in the world. It was
0: fantastic. It was so cool. It was and and the one thing about that that place, and I, I think some people appreciate this, and some don't care. But the one thing about that place is being in that stadium or, or watching a game, like, you can feel the ghosts. Like, you can feel the ghosts of baseball. Target Field's an, a great place. But in Fenway Park, and I mean, I was in, in a wood seat, so it wasn't super comfortable. But, like, you look out on that field, and you think Williams, Ruth, and you just go down that entire line, and you can feel them, them there. And, and them? I, feel,
4: I feel the ghosts at Target Field. PJ Walters. <laughs> yeah, I
0: was gonna say <laughs> Matt Caps. That's a nightmare.
2: Adam Will. Matt Tolbert. A- I'm talking Adam about it. Wilk.
0: I'm talking about a dream. You're talking about a nightmare. Can, can you see the ghosts at Fenway? I can feel them. I can I, feel. I a just pre- want to know. I if can Ted's feel the presence. Head or not? He's got his head still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, no. But I can. <laughs> I can feel it's a presence. Prosins, but it's definitely <laughs> I can feel a presence. And and by the way, let me say, say this though: the in-game presentation in Boston is so good. Because if if something between innings is sponsored there, they don't make a big deal of the sponsor. It's very subtle, but they go from inning ends, music, and then if they've got some cam or something, it's very subtle. Like a Target Field kiss cam, you know. Now kiss cam sponsored by the Red Sox do a fantastic job of third out. But they continue the fun instead of the, here's our sponsored bit. That's the one thing I would change right now. That's the University
4: of Minnesota's own John Carter behind that game. No, he does it. They do a great
0: job. They do a fantastic
4: job. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment here. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. You know, one thing about Toyotas, they're some of the most durable vehicles in the world. 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. So what I like to do once in a while is peruse the used car section, the pre-owned inventory at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, just to see what's available, just to kind of see what kind of what you know what what sort of deals can you uh, maybe get into. How about this: a 2007 Toyota Camry with just 110,000 miles on it. And you might think 110,000 miles—that seems like a lot. Uh, you can drive Toyotas up over 200,000 miles, no problem. We drove one in our family, a 92 Camry. Drove that thing over 20-plus years, up to almost 300,000 miles. You can get into this 2007 Camry for just $69.95. There's another 07 Camry V6 LE with 135,000 miles for 73.93. Always great pre-owned inventory selection. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back.
2: You've been ratted out, boys. On
3: 1500 ESPN.
2: Registration is underway now for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds in St. Paul, Sunday, October 7th. Accomplish a bold feat. Savor the scenic beauty stride as two cities cheer you on. Run for charity. Run for fitness. Run to write your personal success story. Run the most revered event in Minnesota running. Run the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. All the details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword
4: events. Thank you, Dave. Uh, where would you, now that you've done both Fenway and Wrigley, and you never went to the old Yankee Stadium, right? No, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. But it
0: was redone by then. In the 70s. So, yeah. So, uh, I would rank them, I would actually rank them, uh, three to one, Wrigley three, Yankee two, Fenway one. Okay. Yankee Stadium was such a circus. It was fun. Yeah,
4: I'd have to I I went to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium once in like 2001. It was actually the yeah. summer of the it was before 9/11, but it was okay. like August of of 2001. Yep. And I I mean I, I don't know, I'd have to I'd almost have to feel it again, but it's not it. going to happen
0: now, so. I loved it cuz the the fans were absolutely crazy. Yeah. They were just nuts.
4: Even at the new Yankee Stadium, they still do the chanting in the outfield and they get on they get on the outfield just a little bit. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Randy in Cottage Grove. What's going on, Randy? Randy.
3: Oh, hey, uh, so I I know you guys are having a fun uh, fun Friday, kind of talking about some of these things, these stadiums and whatnot. But if you would oblige me, I got a little bit of a scoop, perhaps some some steam, as they say, on a pretty big contract that uh, we're getting ready to sign. And I, I got this from a couple of sources. Wow! And I just I thought maybe it would be interesting to you.
4: So you're you're gonna break news right Randy now? Bomb.
3: Well, I can't. You know, it's not inofficial uh, till it's official. But I, let's just say I got a guy in Eakin, Okay, he works there in a in a non football capacity. But uh, he heard some things, and I've been kind of busy, kind of keeping my head down, working on uh, some filming, some stuff for next year. But hmm. uh, I did go ahead and confirm this with him, and uh, I think in the next couple of days you're going to see uh, we're going to go ahead and make a nice long term offer. Uh, and I believe it will be signed by Daniel Hunter. So he's going to be sticking around here, and that's a good good thing. So, I, you know, again, yeah. you, you heard it. You heard it from old from Randy, and uh, you go ahead and, and and write that down, as you say. But I think you're going to see a big anchor piece hmm. kind of in place for the next several years. So I'll give you guys a holler early next week, and we can... We can see if that did uh, did
4: Boy. materialize. I mean, he is, board. yeah, I mean, he is a ferocious passer. It makes a lot IV. of sense, actually.
3: Well, I like I like it. I it. Boy.
4: There you go. Yeah, Randy, I mean, that's, hmm.
3: Do, you know, do you disagree we shouldn't do it? I think we're going to do it, and I think it's a good move.
0: Judd, you want to uh, tell him, Phil? Yeah. Oh, you, why don't you go ahead? Uh, <clears throat> the bad news is he signed it. The good news is you're exactly right randy you're just a little bit late with your information yeah,
4: yeah you're like at least two days late later yeah this, he signed randy. it yesterday morning. Yeah, it's official in what? fact in fact there's already quotes from rick spielman and daniel hunter Well, i've been
3: working i've been busy i I didn't uh, you know i got this information uh, uh, on monday hmm. so you know i haven't had a chance to to really do a lot of insighting as they say but i i wanted to get it to you guys first and uh, i'll have to look into what you said see if that's the, the case but uh... It's gonna be a good move if they can pull it off and I'll, I'll be sure to be in touch with uh, more more things as I'm able to dig them up.
0: All right. Thank you, Randy. Kings, let's win this game. Kings, honor, honor your name. Go get I am told Eric Kendricks also will get an extension this offseason. Wow. Really? That's what I'm hearing. Is that confirmed? I'm hearing he's going to get an extension. Confirmed, huh? I'm I'm hearing it. A lot of places. Boy. It's big time. Nice. All right. Does that excite you that I informed you of that? And you just gave us the Hunter signing. A master of Viking scoops. Anthony Barr taking out an insurance policy on himself, but has not signed yet. I'm hearing there might be talks.
4: Boy. Hey, you know what, though? If he had the information on Monday, and just didn't get a chance to go with it. I still give him credit, though. Do you think he... Sourced information.
0: Do you think that he didn't go with it because he was truly doing work behind the scenes or because he was drunk? Drunk. That's what I think. I that, think he woke that's up. That's a form of work. I can confirm <laughs> it's that. It's art. Yes. <laughs> I can confirm that for the last three or four days. Well,
2: and he said, I mean, it's clear you guys are having a fun Friday, so obviously he doesn't even know what day it is. <laughs> did he say Friday? Yes, he did. <laughs> Friday for Phil sort of a... <laughs> In a way, well, it's also Monday for Phil. No, it's true. Which is it's both.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a real it's a great for me, system it's, to work. For
0: me, it's Monday, <laughs> but I got a <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, I'm confused,
4: oh, man. I'm very confused. Um, did you guys do anything else besides Fenway Park? In uh, We hit like 12 different casinos in Las Vegas. Did we you just went. Really? Like, there was one day where we walked like 12 miles in the 110 degree desert heat. Just go in and out, get, drink here, drink there. Yeah. Dry heat, though. It is a dry, dry heat. heat. It doesn't great. make it any less I like dry miserable. heat. There's
0: a point where that doesn't matter. I'll again. take dry heat. 113 dry heat. <laughs> My skin is bubbling, but it's a dry heat. I'm not it's sweating. Okay. I'm yeah, dying, but I'm not bubble. sweating. Got any water?